Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. I'm Kim, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian, and we are so glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We will be discussing choices you can make while you're single that will help you flourish in your single years and increase your odds for a lasting, enjoyable marriage later. It's kind of like you're loving your husband before you even have one. We are so excited to be talking about money again. I know it's the beginning of 2022 and we're talking about it again. We had talked about money in season one, episode nine with our friend Deb, but we are excited to talk about it now. Yes. You know, I'd love to see us talk about money every season because conflict over money is one of the main reasons that marriages fall apart. So my thinking is, why not use your single years to grow in the skill of managing your money? I mean, that's kind of when I learned how to manage money. And whether you're single or married, it's important to handle money well, regardless of how much money you even have. You are going to thrive in your single years if you grow in this skill. Our guest today is my friend, Chris Haas. If you've read my book, Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One, Chris was actually one of the contributors to it. He's the one who put together the really helpful list on page 180 in the chapter on adulting. He is the founder and president of Freedom 5-1, which is a financial coaching and planning ministry to help people experience freedom by handling their money well. Chris and I worked together for a few years, and he's a longtime friend of mine and of Sean's. His wife, Tiffany, is also a great friend of mine, and she was actually a bridesmaid in my wedding. Um, He's a dad of five, and he is well familiar with all the ups and downs and challenges of handling money. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's, It's great to be here with you. Chris, well, I'm excited to get to know you. And so I wanted to hear just some of your background. How did you, um, yeah, get involved with helping people with their finances? Well, when I was uh, working as a financial advisor, uh, I was helping a lot of people who were struggling with their finances and even some with their marriage. And, you know, there was just a lot of stress and pressure, you know, in this area, um, but not a lot of education uh, for people to, uh, to go to for help. And so, um, as I was working with singles and, and young couples and even old couples create financial plans, you know, I, I began to see that we could help the normal person create and follow a plan um, that was actually life changing. And so it was impacting their life and their family and even the generations that they were uh, uh, hoping to have, you know, in the future. And so God really just gave me a vision and a passion to start a ministry um, that would help families be financially healthy. Uh, and also generous. Chris, I know you meet with a lot of people to help them with their finances. From your perspective, why is it important for young women to develop these good money management skills now? Well, you know, we, we help a lot of single women um, to get a great start uh, in their financial life. And, you know, whether you're young and starting out as a young woman or as a young guy, you know, it's, it's an important area of life. It's, I mean, it's probably one of the top areas that we make decisions about money, you know, all the time. 
And it also really helps, you know, determine um, the kind of life that we're going to have in the future. And so I think kind of universally, people want to be happy. You know, they want to have a peaceful life and they want to be successful. And so to really take this area seriously uh, is really important because many decisions and and many problems um, can really impact whether or not we have the kind of life we want to or we end up uh, really struggling and, and not really reaching the goals that we that we had for ourselves. That's good. And I love just even thinking about why not start talking about money when you have relatively a little in comparison to what you might have, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. It's so much easier to learn how to manage, you know, what you can maybe fit in your hands than, you know, what it might um, look like when you're older and have a career and all those things. When my wife and I, when we were first starting out, um, before we even ever started dating, uh, you know, we're both single. And so you have to learn how to be single and be single well, um, because you don't know, you know, you don't know what the timing is. If you're hoping to get married someday, you don't know what that timing will be and if it'll take a long time or a short time. And so uh, I know that as I was dating my wife, Tiffany, um, you know, we would begin to talk about finances, but we were both having to manage our finances, you know, independently of each other. Yeah. I mean, I learned some great lessons that have, during my single years that really were game changers for me and Sean in our marriage. And Adrian, you worked on your finances too as a single woman. Yeah, I all, all my family's accountants. And so I was the art major. So I was the black sheep of the family. And so I mean, growing up, my parents taught me a ton of great principles and even after I graduated, but it was really hard for me to ask them questions because they were just so much more knowledgeable than I was. And so it was really helpful just to have other women in my life that were maybe just a few steps ahead of me that could take the things that they were learning and teach those um, to me, especially about finances. And so I'm definitely passionate like you are, Chris, about finances because I've seen it harm um, others and I've seen it help others. And I really want to use money as something that helps others um, and doesn't harm. And, you know, when we're, when we're single, there's so many firsts, right? Because, you know, you've never bought a car by yourself. And so that's a first. And so, uh, you know, we love sitting down to help people kind of process through those kinds of decisions. Um, or maybe you're buying a house for the first time. You know, how do you do that? How do you get educated to to know how to make good, smart decisions as a single person? Um, and a lot of times you don't have somebody who's uh, who's right there with you, helping you uh, make those choices. Absolutely. I've been calling Kim's husband, Sean, a lot. We're trying to buy a home right now and he's bought quite a few homes in his lifetime. And so I'm picking his brain, asking a ton of questions to him. So thankful for that. He's a wise man. You know, Chris, you've shared with me some really motivating stories about how you've helped some single women. Do you mind sharing some of those with our listeners? Uh, one of the clients that we've recently had that, that's single uh, just has a lot of has a lot of decisions to make kind of at this stage of her life. She's in her early 20s. Um, and uh, one of the things that is really important to her is, is becoming financially stable um, there's some debt there, some student loans that she had to take on to get through school, um, as well as some car loans and some other things going on. And so there's a little bit of a, you know, I think with the normal client, there's a little bit of pressure that they feel to, uh, to kind of figure out life. And so, uh, as we've helped this client kind of turn the corner, um, and pay off some things and really get on a great track. I think she's about 
five months from becoming debt-free, um, wow. which is actually allowing her to make a job change. So there's kind of a significant job that she wants to move into, um, but it's gonna, it, it's not gonna provide as much income for her. And so as a result of that, she's kind of getting herself into position so that she can take this other job and this other role that she's really excited about. So, uh, so you know, it's just, it, it's kind of one of those things as you work through a financial plan, all kinds of things kind of come into play, all parts of life and different financial goals that you have that you maybe you didn't even know that you had at the time. And all of a sudden, as you're putting a plan together, things really begin to kind of line out. And so it's, it's really exciting, you know, to help uh, a client like Lauren in this case, and, uh, and to get to come alongside her to see her really move forward um, in her finances. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Well, Chris, thank you again for putting together just such a helpful list and adding into the book. Um, I would love for us to kind of go through some of these tips and discuss them. Now, I'm um, Adrian. I think I'm just going to jump around um, and discuss them because I think there are a couple of them in particular that really would resonate well with our listeners. But the first tip that you gave, Chris, was get educated. Can you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by get educated? Well, um, you know, it, as you guys probably experienced in your own life, there's there's not a lot of education that we do in the area of, of finances. And so we all need to learn and grow um, in this area. I mean, you know, most of us don't take a class um, in high school or college um, on personal finances. Um, and even my parents who ran small businesses um, where I grew up really didn't pass on a lot of practical knowledge to me. Um, and so as I majored in finance in college, you know, I thought I would get some of that and I, and I didn't. I mean, I graduated from college. I didn't know the first thing about putting a budget together, how to do my tax return. I mean, I, I didn't know anything practical. And so it really puts the responsibility on each of us to say, hey, what do I, what do I need to learn? Like, what, what is it that will make my life better and, and how do I do that? And so I think, you know, one of the great ways to get educated is, you know, to begin to pick up some books um, that are on the topic of finance and personal finance. Um, maybe jump into a class if your church has a financial class or a financial piece class that's out there to really choose to invest some time and a little bit of effort um, and even a little bit of money to get to get educated is a, just a great idea. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that has been the key game changer for me and finances is just committing to be a learner in that area of just, hey, even though I grew up with parents that know a lot about finances, made a lot of good choices, I want to get educated for myself personally. And so I've done Dave Ramsey's financial piece multiple times. I did it twice when I was single. And then again, when we were married, there's this other option too that's on the West Coast. Actually, no, I think it is... Um, nationwide now, but it's called Third Decade. And they are very similar to where they teach you about um, finances. They teach you about investing and they actually pay you to take the class in form of a Roth IRA. And so they give you a thousand dollars at the end of a um, two year class. And so that's something to explore too. But yeah, I can't say enough about just do things to get educated. I'm right there with you, Chris, on that. On your list, Chris, you mentioned a few key books. Um, you mentioned Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. You mentioned Howard Dayton's Your Money Counts. 
and Randy Alcorn's Treasure Principle. And then you you talked about the Financial Peace University that you mentioned just a minute ago. But are there any books that have come out since you made this list that you feel like are important? Are you are you still saying these are probably some of the best books that you can get? Yeah, the, these are really good books. Each of the three that, that, that you mentioned a minute ago, you know, the Dave Ramsey is very practical. Um, and so from a budgeting perspective and really getting a plan together, it's really a super uh, resource to read. And I would encourage everybody to do that. The, the Howard Dayton book, Your Money Counts, um, it kind of dives a little more into the biblical. Uh, it, it takes some of the same areas, but it really um, for any of your, your listeners who read that book, they're really going to get a lot of great scripture to kind of tie their convictions to, um, as well as the practical of how the how-tos to, to really get going. And, and then the third book you mentioned, the uh, Randy Alcorn book, um, is a lot about generosity and, um, and just uh, the, the eternal uh, rewards that come when we give and when we're generous people and just the joy that can come as a result of, of developing generosity in our life. And so I would highly recommend, you know, those three books. And then recently um, we've had someone come on our staff uh, named Linda Stubblefield, who has written a book, um, especially for women. And um, her book is called Hidden Figures, Seven Numbers Women Need to Know for Financial Success. And so it's written from a financial advisor's perspective. And so it really goes into the different areas that women can uh, really educate themselves. And, you know, as Linda talks about, you know, a lot of women don't feel like they are really uh, educated on the on some of the terminology that gets thrown around in the financial world. Sometimes it's it's like people assume that they know the, the terms that are being spoken. And so she does a great job of just really diving in and helping women understand the world of finances. Um, and also take personal responsibility for their own financial growth and, and success. And so I can highly recommend all four of those books. Okay, that's awesome. You know, the book I read when I was single was um, A Woman's Guide to Financial Peace of Mind. And I went on Amazon today to see if it was still available, and I could not find it. So I'm so glad that you mentioned this other one, because I think it's fun to read it from a woman's perspective, you know? Oh, yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the other books, too, that just ground it, um, giving and everything more in scripture and our money, because I think that is so important that we're looking at all the decisions that we have in life and everything that we've been given. And we're bringing it back to what the Bible says about this. And so I know um, two chapters in the Bible that I constantly go to are Second Corinthians 8 and 9, and they have so much to say about money, so much to say about how we should give. Um, things about how it's supposed to be, uh, we're supposed to do it willingly and generously and cheerfully. And I just find myself going back to those verses because it helps ground me in what what my money should be about. Yeah. And I've heard that Jesus talked more about money than he did anything else. Is that true? It, it is. Yeah. There's there's so many verses in the New Testament um, that, that talk about money and in the Old Testament. And, you know, if you really want to get an MBA in personal finance, the book of Proverbs is a great place to go and look for financial wisdom um, because it's it's full uh, in, in the book of Proverbs. And uh, one of the things I think we'll talk about um, here in a little bit is, is putting a plan together. And, and you really find from the scripture that God is very much for us putting plans together and following plans and looking to him um, because, you know, ultimately all the money and resources we have really come from him. 
um, and we're just a steward. And so in our, in our ministry, we like to say we're helping people become generous stewards uh, of their life and finances. And of course that involves, you know, being well-managed is one of the parts of being a good, a good steward and, and looking to God as the one who has provided, you know, everything that we have. Let's talk about the second tip. Now I'm going to jump around on the list, but I think we should talk about get in his business. That's a tip that you gave because most of our listeners, if not all are, uh, young women and they're single. And if you're going to grow personally in managing your money, it's important to marry someone who also does that as well. So when you're getting to know someone, you kind of need to talk about it. And so you talk about getting in his business. Can you elaborate more on that, Chris? Yeah. So one, uh, one couple that we, uh, that we met with years ago, um, it's it's kind of one of those sadder stories because um, we didn't see them until they had already been married for about six months, and when they came in, they were obviously under all kinds of you know financial pressure, um, and come to find out, the the husband in this case had had a lot of debt that he had not um, shared with her about before they got married, um, and in tears as she sat in our office. Um, she described how it, you know, really put their young marriage into a real uh, problem, you know, early on. And in fact, he had borrowed all the money for her very expensive, you know, engagement ring. And she said in that appointment, she said, you know, if, if I had known, um, I, I would have asked him to buy a, a much less expensive ring because now the debt and the payments were just kind of on top of them. And, um, and she even said these words, which were really hard for him to hear. She said, you know, had I known, I don't know if I would have gotten married. And so when you have a situation like that, you have a young marriage that's really, uh, that's really on the verge of, uh, of not making it. And so um, it can, finances can cause a lot of conflict early on in a marriage. And so it is so important uh, you know, to take, to take this area, you know, seriously, um, even from the start. Chris, what would you recommend? Kim, I would love to get your thoughts too. Like, let's say someone is entering a dating relationship with somebody. When do they bring up finances? I mean, it's kind of a really vulnerable topic and you may not even want to talk about it personally, but how would you recommend someone bringing that up and when is the right time? Uh, another story of, a, a th this story is a story of, of Sam he was deeply in love with Erica. I mean, he, he was on the road to wanting to get married and, and really, you know, see the relationship go forward. Um, unfortunately, as we kind of dove into a plan with him, um, he had a lot of student loan debt, um, about $46,000 of student loan debt. And he was really anxious and afraid to, to share that information with Erica, because he thought, well, you know, maybe she won't want to get married. You know, maybe this is too much, you know, for her. And so as we talked, we just talked about the importance of honesty and transparency. And because he was serious about her and they had even talked about the possibility of getting engaged, um, you know, I, I told Sam, I said, Sam, you, you just got to sit down with her. You, you've got to go get coffee somewhere and you just need, you need to be brave enough and have the courage to really share with her um, what's going on. And so after a lot of prayer and trusting God, that's exactly what he did. 
And, uh, you know, what she said after he told her kind of where he was at financially, what? she said, we'll pay it off together. And, and that was it. I mean, you know, because he was honest on the, on the front end and, and let her know, um, it, it, it turned out to be a really, a, a wonderful, a wonderful story. They ended up getting married. Um, they have their first son now. And, uh, and I know they've paid off the debt. Um, they worked really hard uh, to get that debt paid off. Um, but together, you know, we bring in strengths and weaknesses into marriage. And so the person that we love, that we think we want to spend the rest of our life with, we just need to be upfront and honest um, at, at the right moment, at the right point. So to your, to your question, I, I would think that as a relationship is progressing, and as you're really starting to get to know the person that you're dating, um, that's a time to really begin to kind of feel out the waters, right? Like, like you can kind of do it in a casual way. It doesn't have to be like a formal sit down kind of thing, um, but it could be one of those things where another one of our clients who uh, was dating someone began to notice a lot of Amazon packages um, in the truck of the, of the guy that she was dating. And so she just didn't know, like, she just thought to herself, like, gosh, he seems like he spends a lot of money. I wonder, wonder how he's, how he's doing. Um, and so she had to ask, like, she just had to bring it up. Say, Hey, I noticed that you have a lot of packages coming in. Um, can we, can we talk about this area of financial health? Cause this is really important to me. And so you just got to find maybe that entree into the conversation that feels natural. Um, but then ultimately, you just have to be willing to say, hey, this, this value, this conviction is important to me. And I'd really like for us to, to talk about it. And I'd like to hear from you um, how you feel about, you know, debt and savings and the, the different things that, that you talk about in, in finances. Oh, that's good. Because yeah, like you said, you want to be able to find someone that you can do that with together. And so even though you're going to be bringing in different strengths and weaknesses, you want to make sure you guys are headed in the same direction of wanting to care and value financial health. So this is all really good stuff. Oh, yeah. And I just think, you know, as you get to know someone, you're getting to know them in a lot of other areas. You're finding out what they like and what their families like and what they like to do. And and just to say, hey, you know, what's been your financial journey? What, you know, what have you learned? Did your parents ever talk to you about money? Or have you ever read, you know, a book about money? I've been reading a book about money. And, you know, just to um, get the topic going. And uh, you can learn quite a bit about a person and uh, just asking simple questions. So, and, you know, as I was as I was dating my wife, Tiffany, we've, we've been married 23 years now. Um, we wanted to have a large family. And so that was one of the that was one of the areas that we talked about. Like, hey, do you want to have kids? Well, how many kids do you think you want to have? And so, you know, you're trying to figure out, are you compatible with the person that you're dating? And so in the same way, you might do that in the area of finances or kids or, you know, spiritually speaking, are we compatible? And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad we were compatible because we have five. I've got one that's a college student, uh, my daughter, Maggie, and then my youngest is a first grader, Ella Grace. <laughs> and so we, we have, and then we have three boys kind of packed in the middle. So, you know, we were headed towards that compatibility in that, in that area of, of wanting to, to, uh, to really be on the same page in that area. And so I'm so glad we did. Our daughters 
you know, bring us so much joy and sunshine. Our, our boys are awesome. Um, but I will say this, we have really high grocery bills, right? So <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> that area and that dream, you know, has a financial, you know, a reality to it that says, hey, listen, if we're going to have this size family, um, then finances are going to be a conversation that we're going to need to have for the rest of our lives. You know, I, one, one, of my, one of my thoughts in this area of really have, bringing up the conversation of, of finances is, you know, um, is, it, is, it, is it on your list to find somebody who's financially responsible? You know, we all kind of have this list of what we're looking for in a future spouse. You know, they've got to be good looking. They've got to be smart, funny, hopefully love God. But, you know, being responsible with money usually is not on people's list, right? It's just not something that really occurs to us. One of our clients a couple of years ago, her name was Ashley, and she was single. Um, and she came into our office to put together a financial plan for herself. And she began to realize how important this area was to her. You know, and as she got more organized and she got, um, you know, educated and well-managed, um, she began to remember that this financial quality was not on her list and, but that it really, it really needed to be that if she was going to find someone that was going to match her and her heart and her values, that that had to be important to him too. And so she even decided that before she would say yes in marriage, um, that he would have to go through some kind of financial class and put a plan together for himself. And so they jumped into a financial peace class while they were dating, um, which allowed them to have all kinds of conversations you know, about finances. And eventually she married him. And, uh, and today they're, they're expecting their second child. Um, but she really did her homework and she made sure that because that this was important to her, she was not going to take any chances. Um, she was going to make sure that the person was on board with her too. I love that. We've talked on this podcast a lot about a non-negotiables list is the language we've used. And so ladies, that is a good one to add to your non-negotiables that he is committed to financial health. And that doesn't mean you're marrying someone with no debt or uh, tons of debt. It just means you're looking for someone who's committed to financial health. Yes, that's so true. Um, and y'all and y'all and y'all know that story I told earlier about the, the young guy who was in love you know, it, it becomes important to ask, you know, like what's behind if someone has a lot of debt, like what's behind the debt. And so in his case, he was having to put himself through school. Um, his parents weren't helping. Um, he was from out of state. And so he had out of state tuition. So really like, like his debt had to do with student loans. And, and even before they were, you know, dating seriously, he was on a pathway of, of working hard to pay off his debt. So he was being financially responsible. Um, and so that was an important, that was an important piece to, to that story. Absolutely. Cause yeah, student loans is a definitely a different kind of debt than credit card debt. It's still nonetheless debt, but has very different motivations behind it. So that's good to, good to be in the know. Yes. And I do want to mention, um, Episode nine of season one, when uh, we have a conversation with uh, Deb Spencer, and she talked a lot about debt. We have a whole little mini podcast um, episode that talks about student debt. It's just some creative ways to kind of um, knock that out. But, you know, if you've got someone on your, if you, on your list you have, you want someone who is financially responsible you know, you have to realize that someone like that is going to be looking for probably a woman who is 
financially responsible. So I just think it's good for all singles to kind of grow in this area. Okay, well, let's let's try to squeeze in one more. Chris, um, on your list, you mentioned getting help. Can you explain that a little bit more, Chris? Because I think, I mean, as a young woman, I think I would have probably been a little bit intimidated and thought, well, I don't really have any money. Why would I meet with a financial planner, counselor, you know, to help me? Because, I mean, kind of share more and elaborate what that would look like for a single woman to meet with you. Well, you know, we, we've been meeting with uh, single women for, you know, over, over 10 years, helping them put together, you know, great, great plans. Um, you know, we, we call what we do coaching. Okay. So we're, uh, we're financial coaches. And what we get a chance to do is come alongside, you know, a, a single woman or a, or a young couple and really build a plan with them. And so most people don't, don't know really how to do that or, uh, wouldn't feel necessarily just confident in the plan that they have. And so having a different set of eyes and somebody else to come alongside is just a, is a really helpful thing. And so we take our people through one year of coaching, um, really starts with asking, um, our clients to define their financial goals, um, and then to gather together all their financial information, you know, their income, their expenses, if they have debt, what does that look like? And we pull all that together and we basically create a financial plan. Um, now, the reason to do a plan, you know, if you want to dive into scripture, you know, Proverbs 21.5 says that the plans of the diligent lead to profit. And so there's a success sort of uh, an idea there that God is saying to us, if you'll develop a plan, and be diligent to work your plan, what you're going to find is a lot more success in life. Doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges and things aren't going to come up and you're going to have to work through those. But by having a plan, you can really work through those in a, in a much better way. And so, um, you know, we call ours a spending plan. It's kind of a blueprint for how you're going to spend your money. You know, how much money you're going to put towards eating out, towards entertainment, uh, clothes, you know, how much are you going to give? What about the gym membership, you know, and haircuts and oh, vacations? That's an important part of life. Car repairs and, you know, all kinds of other things like that, that sometimes we forget some of the categories that we need to have as part of our plan. And so a, a good plan has all that involved. Um, and then secondly, what, what a good coach can do is really help, um, help you track, help you learn how to track how to develop a system to kind of keep up with your plan so that as a result of that coaching and that plan together and you're coming back and you're doing review appointments and you're making adjustments and changes along the way. I mean, that's really what a good coach does, you know, is, is encourage and support and hold, hold that person accountable. And so from our perspective, we want our people to have an amazing year to really make great gains towards the things that are important to them in their life and uh, to save money, to pay off debt, to, to have fun with the money that you do have, you know? And, uh, and so that, that's part of good coaching. Um, you know, we, uh, we know that uh, when you do that and you have a great plan, you're gonna accomplish your goals. So let me give you a practical example. Um, if you know your car is falling apart and you're gonna need a new car, you need to designate some savings to begin to save for that next car. And so you may put $250 a month aside 
for that next car. And if you do that consistently over the next three years, you'll have $9,000 saved for that next car purchase. And so that's part of having a good plan and a good coach who can kind of help you move forward. In some ways, this is funny because we were just recording our podcast for last week on fitness and coming up with a plan, sticking to that, being committed to having a plan for the rest of your life, 45 minutes of exercise, um, five days a week was what our guest was mentioning. And you're saying the same thing. It's like, hey, come up with a plan, stick to it. Things are going to happen. And so it's just interesting, but then not at the same time that having a plan is an important way that we can function. Yeah. Well, Chris, I'm... I'm just trying to think what our listeners might want to know right now, but I'm sure some of them are thinking, well, is this expensive? Like how much would it cost to meet, have a financial coach for a whole year? Well, the most of our clients who come in, uh, we, we just ask them to pay kind of a, a, the flat fee of $250 for the year of coaching. Um, sometimes when we have someone who's going through a hard time, we, we discount that or we make it less expensive or just make it go away completely. Um, and the reason we're able to even do all of that is we, we have generous ministry partners who give to make Freedom 5-1 possible. And so even the $250 is um, is a discounted fee. And so as a, as yeah, a ministry, it's not expensive um, at all. We don't want to turn away anybody. And so, um, and so we're, we're out there doing this work. And in fact, we've, um, this is, this is really kind of a fun new thing, but uh, Linda Stubblefield, whose book I mentioned before um, has recently come on our staff and she is um, spearheading a new women's initiative. And so she is reaching out to single women of all ages, uh, reaching out to women who've maybe uh, recently lost a spouse um, or have gone through a divorce and are just going through a tough, a tough moment in their, in their, in their lives. And so Linda is ready and available to really dive in with women um, on this coaching front. And so that's exciting to us because we've, We've been able to serve lots of families, over 1,500 families in the last um, 12 years. Uh, but we know this is just going to grow and expand with her. Uh, well, on our she has over I think it's 30 exciting. years of experience. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. Well, um, so if someone lived outside, you're based in Arkansas, but if someone was living outside of Arkansas and was interested in meeting with you, is that a possibility? We, we do Zoom appointments all the time. So we, okay. we have awesome. clients kind of all over the United States and even internationally. We've got clients who, uh, who we meet with virtually. And so, you know, everybody's had to kind of transition to, you know, being able to, to get online to do that. And so uh, it, it's been a real easy and uh, easy process to meet with, meet with people. So if someone listening wanted to find out more, how would they contact you? Where would they go? You know, the best place is our website, um, which is freedom51.com. It's the word freedom, the number five, O-N-E.com. And you can find all of our contact information there. Uh, my name is there, Linda. The other people that are on our staff are, are there as well. So awesome. that'd be a we'll, great place we'll, to uh, We'll link it in the show notes. We'll link it in the show notes. So that'll make it really easy. Wow. Well, we did not cover everything today, but we did get, I think, a really good discussion in on some key things about growing in money management. So just to recap real quickly, we talked about 
the importance of getting educated. And we talked about some different books to read. Um, and also, I had this thought while we were discussing that, that maybe if a book seems a little intimidating, maybe you should start following one of these authors on Instagram. I know Rachel Cruz, we'll link it in the show notes too, talks a lot about um, money and she does it with, you know, fun reels and stuff. And so that might be just to kind of get your toe in the water to learn. But that was the first one, just getting educated. The second one we talked about is the importance of getting in a guy's business as you're getting to know a young man to find out what he thinks about money as you grow in money. And then hopefully he is too, and to be able to communicate about those things. And then we talked about just getting help. And Chris, you just, I'm so grateful for what you do. And so I hope a lot of our listeners will contact you and make some plans. And you talked about planning and the importance of making a plan. And uh, so, yeah, we just barely scraped the surface, but I think these are some great steps that we all can take to grow in money management. Hey, we just would like to kind of conclude, you know, uh, to tell your, your listeners that we're, we're so passionate um, as a ministry at Freedom 5-1 of helping single women, you know, to become financially healthy and generous. And so we would love to help them put together their first spending plan. If that's something that you're interested in, uh, please give us a call, contact us, because we, we would love to help. That's awesome. Ladies, don't miss out on that don't opportunity. Miss out. No, no, this is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. You've been super helpful. I just appreciate your friendship and Tiffany's friendship through the years and just grateful for what you're doing. I have a lot of respect and admiration for the work you do. And Adrian, thank you for helping me ask questions and being here with me. And to Logan and Kim behind the scenes, thank you so much for putting this together. And most importantly to our listeners, thank you so much for listening and allowing us to, to encourage you in your journey um, and growing in skills. And uh, yeah, and just thanks for spending time with us. So we still have a lot more to talk about. So I hope you'll join us again next week. Thanks so much. 